A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. The medicine go down. In the most delightful way. <laughs> I'm the boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Alright guys, 10 minutes with the boogeyman well, what is going on is I am now sitting in my my new studio in my house. Yeah. I have my own room. Nice. Yeah. So we just uh, we just literally got off the horn with uh, your boy Brian Caldwell. Oh yeah, how did that go? Well, he told me about soccer, and uh, I was not impressed. <laughs> High level soccer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's an excellent runner for sure. Like he plays himself. Yeah, he's, gonna keep up with him. You can tell he's played high level soccer. I figured he'd be more of like a Minecraft kind of guy, but it, he said soccer, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't gonna go well." He's kind of both, you know. He's he's kind of a renaissance man. The soccer, you know, the video games, all that stuff, right? He's definitely an interesting cat. He's got a he's got a great opportunity. He does, you know, and he's worked really hard. I'm actually, you know, proud of the guy. He's uh, he's made a decision to commit to a sport. And that's not an easy thing to do, leave your friends, your family, your girlfriend, and, you know, try to go represent Canada internationally, right? It's one of the, one of the coolest things I, I think somebody can do, especially if he's on the on the road to the Olympics in 2020. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, he's, he's, he's getting up there in age, and, you know, I talked to him a little bit about it, and I was like, look, if you want to go commit, I was in a similar situation with football. Uh, but if you want to commit to it, this is what you want to do. That's, that's probably your best bet. You know, like that's the team you want to be on. If you want to stick, stick amateur, you got to move to where the facility is, right? Exactly. Well, he he is an interesting guy. He had some cool things to say. He had he had some interesting stuff to say about a couple fights that are coming up, like the the Canelo Triple G fight and the McGregor Mayweather fight. Yeah, yeah. What did he have to say? Well, he thought that McGregor, if he has a chance on winning, it'll be in the first four rounds, and uh, he there is a chance. And then uh, he picked Canelo in the Triple G fight, which surprised me a little bit. Really? Uh, well, you know what? Canelo is on right now. He's looked really good in his last couple of fights. Triple G's been fighting tougher guys. And, uh, and you know, so he, he's maybe looked a little sloppier, but... Uh, you know, it's like, here's the thing. They're both very talented fighters. I think Triple G has the power. He's got the jab. But, you know, Canelo throws punches and bunches, right? He, can, he could take Yeah, I would take Triple G, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I kind of I took Triple G because uh, I feel Canelo's going to try to pocket fight with him right off the hop, and it's probably not going to be a good idea. No, it just has so much power. You know, there's all these stories of heavyweights and Sergey, pressure over. It was a light heavyweight getting dropped by Golovkin in the gym. You know, so yeah. that's a guy who's known for his chin. Very tough guy at a much heavier weight. 
yeah, it's the best boxing fight, like best pure boxing fight, I think, in the last little while. Yeah, and you have a great style, great matchup, right? You know, you have the tough Mexican style with Canelo. Like I say, he's very exciting, very technically sound, and then you have, like, the stalking pressure fighting of, of Triple G, which is really cool. Yeah. So what is new with you, then? Not much, man. Sounds like uh, we got a fight lined up here, and uh, we're bringing up a guy from Colorado. He's got some experience. He fought James Stoney. He's fought uh, Andy Ruiz Jr., and uh, he's got about 24 fights, I think. I'm not sure of his first name, but his last name is Lemos. So, uh, yeah. Looking okay. excited to get that kicked off, and I'm going to try to do the two fights back-to-back, uh, one out here, and then one hopefully two weeks later in uh, Edmonton. So for that for that Victoria fight, are we talking about the guy that had previously fought James Tony? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good fight then. Yeah, you know he's got some experience. He's uh, he's a very calm, relaxed fighter. He's he's got uh, some the fights are gone the distance with top guys. So it'll be a good task. You know, I don't think people want to see me beat up. You know, just uh, uh, guys who don't have any skill, right? I think people want to see. You know, a challenging fight, an exciting fight, and that's what I'm looking to do. Exactly. Uh, I I feel that you're you're ready for that little bit of a step up in uh, in competition, yep. especially working over there with uh, Rick Lestage. Uh, we talked- yeah, you know, I, I got a great uh, I got a great thing going. I feel like I'm learning more and more every day. I'm learning how to use my tools, oh, and bro- it's one of those things I've dedicated my life to. Right. So. Well, Brian said you're you're. You're a handful now to spar with. You're you're making angles and you're using footwork and you're using timing and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, it, it, I'm hoping to you know showcase my skills, not always just my power. You know, I uh, I want to show that I don't need to brawl, that I can uh, technically pick guys apart, put on exciting boxing fights, and not just turn it into a brawl. I feel you can do that. And you know, it's another. I feel like turn it into a brawl. That's just gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen, especially like let's say you're in a, a ten or a twelve round fight. At some point, that's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's always an option. There's some big heavyweight fights coming out. I got my eye on QB uh, uh, Fury versus uh, Joseph Parker. I've been watching their training camps pretty closely and how they do things. And, and uh, actually, they brought Simon Keen into the to the QB uh, Fury camp of all things. So. Well, I definitely have a close eye of what's going on over there. Simon's been, uh, he's been doing a lot of things lately. He's always on the Instagrams posting boxing stuff, so he's hes active. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, its awesome. I think we have a chance to, to showcase a lot of the personalities in boxing in Canada. You know, I don't think there's been a better time, uh, you know, that I can think of to, uh, you know, maybe do a tournament, you know, maybe crown a new... Uh, uh, Canadian heavyweight champ. I, I'm sure that Keith Dillon uh, at least defend that. Yes. You know, and uh, it, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know we we can fight up here, we can box, and you know it, it shows, right? One of the biggest heavyweight fights coming up. They bring in one of our guys, the number one guy in the country, and for sparring. Well, there is a big fight coming up in September that's going to put the Canadian boxing on the map too. It's Ryan Ford versus Anthony Yard. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. For the WBO Intercontinental title. Yeah, Ryan Ford, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a huge fight. Uh, so, did he drop out of the bare knuckle fight then? Yeah, he did. It was just a smart decision. 
Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that this is a huge opportunity for him, right? Like this is for the uh, you know big time world title against a guy who's you know, like these guys are rock, uh, uh, ranked top fifty in the country. You know, in the world, sorry. I think Ryan's fortieth, and this guy's forty fifth. Yeah. And uh, you know, like they're they're fighting in a big uh, on the Sanders undercard. Yes. Okay, so this you know it's huge, right? Like this is this is a big time international fight. I'm really proud of Ryan and what he's done and what he's accomplished. You know, this is a heck of a step up in competition for him too. I don't know if you've ever watched any of Anthony Yard's stuff, but he's a he's a beast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think he's got uh, 12 victories, 11 of them are KOs. Yeah. So yeah, so this it's going to be a huge challenge fighting a dangerous guy. You know, Ryan he he's able to wear guys down and him in a deep water so we'll see if that's the case again well if there if there's a guy that can go over there and take on a, a fight like that at that weight it's going to be ryan he's a tough dude he's he's got a lot yeah. of he's got a lot of combat sports fights under his belt yeah exactly he's not going to be scared he's going to go in there and he's going to mix it up and you know he, he's a real fighter i am going to watch that, that pay-per-view now though it is a pay-per-view is a billy joe saunders in the main event for the wbo title yeah so that's yeah. No, it, it should be yeah. It should be on pay per view. Uh, it might not be played at every bar or anything like that, but it's, it's going to be a big show. You know, they're they're doing a lot of things in England right now with boxing, and I think uh, you know, I think this just goes to show like how involved we are and all that. Brian going over there and uh, hopefully winning that title. Yeah. So, what have you got coming up in the next couple of weeks? Then just training, 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 and eating. Yeah, you know what? I've actually lost a few pounds. I'm about 245 right now. I've been uh, really focusing on my running. Oh. And, uh, uh, yeah, and just really trying to increase my cardio. I want to be one of those heavyweights that's able to go 12 rounds. There's uh, probably one of my favorite heavyweight fights is Ayabiyabuchi I, uh, I versus uh, David Tua. It's probably the most punches thrown in a heavyweight boxing fight ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you watch these guys. These guys, you know, do their training seriously. They're fighting hard, and you know, that's what I want to accomplish. So are you thinking about staying around the 240, 245 mark then, or do you want to beef back up? Yeah, that's kind of my plan to stay around 240, 245. So I, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing my best uh, eating clean and, and <laughs> going to be a part-time marathon runner, I guess. Okay, well, you, you brought up eating. Um, you remember my, my young uh, nephew, Hunter? You, you seen him on the last one we did. So he, yeah. he is, uh, he's getting ready for football season coming up and we, he wants to actually make a go at it, but we've been trying to talk to him about nutrition, but he is on this kick that he can eat pop tarts and, and craft dinner every day and get away with it. No, you, no, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're robbing your bodies of, uh, of all the, the nutrients and all, you know, all the healthy fats and, and, uh, and vitamins and minerals you need, right? Like a lot of people think they just need energy or protein or calories uh, to be able to function, but, uh, you know, especially in combat sports or contact sports, you know, you're, you're robbing your body of a lot of nutrients and, you know, you're hitting, you're hitting your bones, you're hitting your skull. You want to make sure there's enough calcium in there to take all the punishment, you know? Yeah. So last night we made him, uh, uh, it was a pork chops, asparagus and some potatoes and just getting him to eat the asparagus. I wanted to walk over there and slap him. You know, I eat a bag of Popeye spinach probably every day and a half. Yeah. So, you know, I, there's no excuse not to get your greens in. Yeah, I wanted to get them on the shake, actually, the, the Braidwood Boxing Shake. 
it's classic, man. You know, if you, if you want to be healthy, it's not just about having all the muscles and looking the part, right? You want to be healthy and strong and, you know, not, not get sick and you know, be able to train at uh, your highest potential. I will tell you, though, ever since I've been drinking that shake two times a day, I haven't been sick at all. Well, yeah, and it keeps you calm. It gives you, you know, a lot of magnesium, iron, uh, different things to keep your body running smoothly, right? Because uh, there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. No. So I, I'm usually good to get a, like a cold like once every once in a while, but ever since then I haven't ever. I've been drinking two a day for I don't even know how long now, but I never get sick. Perfect. Perfect. Well, nothing wrong with that, my man. Where Where are you located right now? You're in the car. What part of the country? <laughs> Never know when I'm going to show up. So I'm just driving up island. I'm just heading into Duncan now. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a journey up island. You know, I like the days where I can stand, just train in Zuma. But uh, you know, I got to get out of my comfort zone. I got to go put in work with uh, you know as many people as I can to get as good as I can, as quick as I can. A lot of these guys have been doing this sport since they're ten, eleven, twelve years old. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm playing catch up all the time. So the one thing that uh, Brian did actually bring up was your athleticism. Like, there's not a lot of he says there's not a lot of people that are better athletes than him, but he said that you're one of them. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, we'll do an exercise, we'll do a workout, and you know, I will have done that ten or ten or twelve years ago for years. You know, just different footwork exercises, different drills, medicine ball stuff. Like, I've been doing all these types of things for years. I've been playing a lot of sports, and you know, I kind of just hone those skills that a lot of people are just starting to pick up. So, are you finding that with the technical side of boxing now that you're you're getting into with the footwork and the combinations and the slipping and bobbing and moving, are you finding that you can pick it up fairly quickly? Yeah, you know, you, you start uh, start gauging the pace, start gauging your distance, and uh, you know, start playing playing the game. You know, the the biggest thing is is you don't have to go in there and put yourself at risk and take punishment all the time. You can strategize, be smart, be quick, and hit without getting being hit. And that's, that's a big part of the game, especially in the heavyweight. It only takes one shot. Well, yeah, well, you guys are walking around 240, in between 240, and what's the maximum for a heavyweight to fight? I think they're gonna, it's pretty much unlimited. I don't know if old Butterbean there was 440 or something like that. <laughs> so what's, what's super heavyweight then? Uh, well, they have the super heavyweight division. I think uh, is above two twenty for, but I, I believe that's only for amateur. I think some, uh, you know, some belts might have a super heavyweight division, but as far as I know, heavyweight's two hundred and up huh. in most sanctioning bodies. I did actually. Uh, I talked to uh, Brad Switzer today. Oh yeah, how's old Brad doing? Who's he, he fighting? He's fighting uh, Ken. Ken somebody that Lee Mean just TKO'd. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember oh. his name now. Fuck. I think I know who you're talking about, yeah. So he's going to be fighting him at KO Boxing. His name is... Uh, 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 uh. Damn it. I have an opponent. Oh, it's Ken Frank. Okay, yeah, I know Ken Frank is. He's, I think he's six, six and six in boxing, so I think it's a good fight for uh, for Brad. Yeah, you know, Brad just needs more experience. He's a big guy, got heavy hands, and you know, I think uh, our heavyweight division in Edmonton is pretty stacked. Yeah, that's what's you, Brad, Stan, who else? Yeah. Uh, well, we had Tim Camelli's in the mix. I know he's going to be coming out. Uh, we got. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know who else uh, who else we got in every division out there, but uh, always the big boys. Dwayne Lewis is always booting around at about 225 pounds. He's out of Okotoks, though. Yeah, exactly. That was the new surroundings. What's it like being in the new province? Or? Well, it's different. It's different, right? I'm used to getting up and, and doing my thing and going into the living room to do my work. Now I got my own room. I have family next door. I got more kids running around. It's freaking insane. As you've seen today, with I didn't even contact you about this new edition, but I thought it was good. Uh, Perfect. The Boogie Cousin. The Boogie Cousin. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know, it was almost like a split mirror there. Right? Well, they're the exact same yeah. age. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. That's my I like niece. <laughs> my niece, Jacqueline. She's a she's a character, <laughs> that's for sure. That's awesome. But she, she says she was watching the Instagram. She's like, oh, I want to do that. I was like, well, you're going to have to. So we have a Boogie Cousin hat on the way. <laughs> yeah, though there will be a Boogie Cousin hat on the way. The, the hat gods know of this now, and it will be made. Beautiful, I love it. Now, did I seen you with a Quebec hat on? Yeah, you know, I, I like to let the people know in Quebec that you know I'm I'm definitely their favorite fighter. It's not Simon Keen uh, by any means. Uh, I'm looking forward to having that fight in the near future here, and uh, you know, it's we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. You know, we're gonna we're gonna take a little road trip up to Quebec. I think after a couple of these fights. Well, I did we'll talk to this round. See what's going on. Maybe we'll go visit Colwell. I did. Uh, I did talk to somebody today who is a TV show producer, and they would be willing to come and video document that. Beautiful. Let's do it. Yeah. So we'll get that going. I don't know when you want to do this trip, though. Like, if it's going to be after September or if it's going to be yeah, after. It'll be, it'll be at the end of September, I think. Okay. Beginning of August. I think that'd be better because I don't really want to go up to Montreal or Quebec in in the winter time. I think it would suck. Yeah, we're gonna do it just before that winter hits for sure. Because definitely walking around with shirts off in the winter time is gonna—it's not gonna be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, our hats won't keep us warm out there by any means. So, was this Quebec hat? Was this the one that you were talking to me about last week that I was gonna love it? Yeah, that's that, no, no. I got another hat coming up. I haven't had a chance to make it yet. Oh. Now, where so, yeah. where where are we getting said hat made? Uh, well, nobody's contacted us about having, uh, you know, proper hats, right? So, well, I'm gonna, uh, I, I just can be getting made at lids as far as I know. Okay, well, I'm going to have a little chat with my guy here real quick because he was supposed to send you a message. Because what realistically what needs to happen is these hats need to be talked about and then they just need to be made. Yes, agreed. So, uh, agreed we, 100%. We shouldn't even need to... Oh. Yeah, we shouldn't even need to order these hats. They should just be made. Um, I agree. But uh, we today we tried to come up with a nickname for Brian Caldwell. Do you have something that you call him? <laughs> no, we don't. That's a good idea. We're going to have to come up with a nickname. I think we should do like uh, a contestant. So you should pick Brian Caldwell's name, put up his picture, do a contest, whoever gets the most votes is what we should do, I think. I think so, too. Like I called him Brian the Brain Caldwell today. Yeah, all right. Put it on the list. We'll do a vote for sure. So we're we're gonna need to collaborate with some more options, and then we will take a poll, and that's what it'll be. Sounds good. <laughs> I love it. Well, it, it sounds good to me. Um, how f- are do you? You're not bringing anybody up to Parksville with you today, huh? 
No, I'm rolling solo today. Uh, I'm just going to go in, put in some work. I've got uh, a bunch of guys down there. I work on a bunch, usually two or three. Nice. And uh, we're going to do a hard workout and then drive home. So I want to bring up a topic with you, and uh, it's about people not showing up on time. <laughs> so, that happens. So today on the show, we were supposed to record with a, uh, a gentleman who does MMA commentary. His name is Jeremy Ballantyne, and uh, he's supposed to be on at 1 o'clock. So I go on Facebook Live and I talk a bunch of shit about him because he was late. He was 45 <laughs> minutes late. <laughs> yeah. But And then he, he contacts me at 1.45 and says he just got out of bed. Can he still come on? And, you know, I still had to do this show because he did drop some pipe bombs on about this. But being punctual is very important in life. 100%, man. You got to respect other people's time. So if it, back in university or when you played for the Edmonton Eskimos, if you had showed up to practice late, what would happen? Oh, it just never happened. You know, in four years, we had 5.30 a.m. workouts, and if you weren't five minutes early and and you were on time, that meant you were late. So you had to be five minutes early everywhere you went. You had to be in full Eskimo or Washington State Cougar uh, gear. Uh, you had to be there ready to work, no talking, standing in line, ready to go. And you were never late once? Not late once, no. I was almost late one time. I had to sprint across... Uh, uh, the the campus. Uh, <laughs> I just put across the campus, and I got there just on time. <laughs> so you're a punctual guy, and you respect other people's time. That's all. That's what I can take away from that. Hundred percent, my man. Got to do it. So just for everybody else out there, if you're friggin' late all the time, or if you it, it just it's unacceptable. You have a watch. There's clocks all over the place. You got a friggin' phone. It's got a, it's. You can set alarms on it. There's no excuse. Do it, man. Let's be polite and punctual out there, everybody. And no swearing. No swearing whatsoever. <laughs> and that's 10 <laughs> minutes with the boogeyman. This is Jelena Marjanovich, eight-time world champion, and you are listening to the Spice of Life podcast. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. All right, guys, welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. We have the Canadian amateur boxing champion. I call him the brain. It's Brian Caldwell. How's it going, Brian? Very good, guys. Thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Glad to be. Well, you've got some interesting stuff coming up. You are officially now a part of Team Canada, correct? Uh, yes, I was, I was a part of Team Canada when I won nationals in April. Um, I just became a carded athlete under Team Canada. Okay. So that means I have to relocate to Montreal. So when is that happening then? Um, I fly out August 20th. I have to report to the NTC facility August 22nd at 8 a.m. or something like that. So what does this entail then? So you're going to be there full-time training. This is your, your job. Um, effectively. That's part of becoming a carded athlete. So I get $1,100 a month stipend. And, um, and then, yeah, I go there and for what, from what I understand right now, it's training full time. I've got two training sessions a day and then full access to the INS facility and all of the stuff there, kinesiologists, sports psychologists, sports therapists, all that crap. And it's, I get a little sign in card and it sounds, from what I understand, it sounds like it's unlimited resources. I mean, if I want to go get physio every single day, I can walk in and get it every day and just, and the access to coaches and it's 
Um, when I get there, I actually take, I'll do a pan around video for you guys. The actual training facility itself is uh, incredible. I mean, judo, taekwondo, swimming, anything in a gym, like gymnastics, everything, all the gyms, stuff like that. The only one is, is wrestling isn't in there are all big huh. in Montreal. That's neat. Um, yep. so I want to know what your dimensions are. Like how tall are you? What's your weight? Well, around everybody except for Adam Braidwood, I'm 6'3", but around him, I'm 6'2", and uh, I, weigh, I walk around 205. I fight at 201 as amateur, so I, I walk around 205. So you're going to be a cruiserweight when you turn pro then? Yeah, probably, okay. or that's the thing. There's not a lot of money at cruiserweight, so I might try to put on some muscle and move up to about 220-ish and try to compete at heavyweight, but yeah, probably start out cruiserweight or, I don't know, there's a lot to happen in boxing still, so. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, how old are you? Uh, 27. 27. So what is with the, uh, why are you not a pro now? Uh, late start to the game. And um, that's the biggest reason. Uh, the first five years, five, six, seven years of my boxing career, I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, I was really mismanaged and didn't get a lot of fights and was kind of kept on the back burner under the guise of protecting me and my long-term health. And, oh, we got to make sure you're better. We got to make sure you're in there. So by the time I hit my stride, which was tw like, you know, in the last year or so, switched up gyms, switched up strength and or pardon me, got a new strength and conditioning coach a couple of years ago and a few things like that. It's just, it's just, I've happened to hit my stride at 27. So that was one of the decisions with making the national team this year was I always told myself when I won nationals, I was going to stay amateur till the end of the year. Oh, no, not talking to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just an amateur till the end of the year, get as much experience in team canada as i could and then january 1st i'd make the decision at 27 years old do i stay amateur for the olympic cycle tokyo 2020 or do i turn pro and take my run um with all the offers that team canada has made me and the, everything like that it just made more sense we got the pan am games next year the commonwealth games after that and then straight into the olympics right so just the level of competition that i'll be facing and like the experience i'll get it made more sense to go the amateur route okay and then you know see how it goes and then because i can always turn pro right like i mean braidwood's killing it and i mean he's what 33 now so i mean like especially at heavyweights i mean you, like we have shorter careers so i don't necessarily need to have 50 fights i mean look at joshua he's what yeah 18 or 19 20 fights something like that so i mean but at the end of the day i mean you're going through the route sorry and i shut my video off because it was really glitching on my end so i apologize that you can just hear my voice now but the the um uh Going that route, like you said, with Team Canada and doing all that and going to the Commonwealth Games and then the Olympic Games and all that stuff, I mean, you, you get there and you make a name. It's going to be real easy to make an international name for yourself when Team Canada is taking you to the, you know, to the stage instead of just trying to grind out at these local pro kind of boxing cards where you might get noticed by somebody, but you might not, right? I mean, look at the challenge that Braidwood's facing with, you know, trying to trying to find opponents trying to do this trying to get into that to that um you know upper echelon of of boxing and you know you do that and you you know you place at the games or something like that i mean you're getting stamp your ticket when you go turn pro they're gonna say shit we got to get this guy on some big name fights it's doesn't matter that you're you know it's your pro debut it's like he's an olympic medalist or you know whatever carded canadian athlete all that stuff it's going to be a good thing for you so i think that's super awesome and yeah, and Braidwood was actually one of the ones that pushed it because he was like, dude, no matter what, if you turn pro, as you progress, your career is going to take you through Montreal. So it makes more sense to go out to Montreal, establish yourself for a few years. So exactly like you're saying, the people know you, they want to see you fight, they know who you are. 
that way when you do turn pro you can quickly get there and you'll already be like familiar with the community well, and you're under there on a good on a good uh, uh, precedence right instead of going yeah. there and trying to make a name for yourself by you know calling everybody out or doing something like that and causing cause of controversy which is also a fun way of doing it don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not bashing it but it's gonna be it's gonna be easy when you're already there like you said yeah. for you, you've been brought there on purpose by by the c- country and the community so they're gonna embrace you you know yeah well so. let's let's say you go and you win the pan am games and then you go on and you win the olympics and then you decide oh fuck it i'm gonna retire yep <laughs> There, there's no. nothing bigger than that, though. Yeah. yeah, like that won't happen. I like, I, I love this life, but yeah, but I mean, it's, it's too big of an opportunity to miss, right? And just like, especially when they offered me carded athlete status, it was one of those things. Like, if I don't do this, then you know, I'm the dickhead who said no to an opportunity to represent his country, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, stuff like that. So I got to run this road as far as I can. Well, and I mean, what better way of getting your training in and doing all that stuff than being, you know, carded athlete and having your you know, I, I didn't catch that part if you said it before, but are you your house there and everything, right? Like the, you, you know, oh, yeah. they look after everything for you and you still come out of it with a little bit of spending money at the end of every every month kind of thing, right? Well, that's the thing. We, we got to pay for our, like they find us housing. Like they found me a spot for 300 bucks a month. Um, yep. Sick. But we, so we got to pay for all our own food and housing and everything like that. Oh, but okay. the benefit of centralization is, is the is the access to the INS facility. We don't pay for kinesiology, sports psychology, and your, any of your training or anything like that. Um, and in addition, they actually have at the INS facility, they have a, an entire department that's basically based around, they can't get you sponsors, but they can help you build like a sponsorship package and put you in the room with people, right? So that's like, apparently they have the whole department who that's their whole job. So, I mean, yeah, you don't make a lot of money and you got to pay for stuff yourself, but what you're getting is the access to world-class physiotherapists and everything coaches and all that kind of stuff for free it's an amazing opportunity i'm gonna be going in and working out like whenever i'm in the gym i'll have the best you know fencer in the country i'll have the best three thousand meter swimmer beside me banging stuff out i'll have the best runner like the best judo like i'll be surrounded by the best athletes that canada has to offer and it's like i can only imagine i'll feed off that like it's basically Mm -hmm. a, a gladiator gym like you're going in there with the best of the best and all facets of everything you're gonna oh yeah you're just gonna come now out a better athlete. There's uh there's three or four of these facilities in Canada though right now, right? Yeah, I do believe so. Yeah, because yeah. like because like, one yeah. one is in Victoria. Yeah, it's the Pisces Center. So that's where like yeah. uh, Rugby Canada and I think there's like I think there's swimming and biking is based out of here. Or, yeah, exactly. I know, I know rowing's here as well. The reason I know that is my girlfriend's son was was in Victoria at that facility for swimming for quite a while, but he just couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't handle the coaches that were out there. It was not a good dynamic for him, and he actually took an early retirement from swimming, as he calls it. He's only he's only sixteen, but he just okay. was done, and uh, he might he might take it back up here. But yeah, it was just neat as you were describing those facilities. I was like, wait a minute, Montreal Montreal was one of the places that he was considering going, right? So yeah, that was cool. Well, that's neat. And yeah, everything that you described about the physio and the this and the sports psychologist and all the different trainers, it was all it was all the same thing for him as a swimmer. So it's it's yeah, it definitely sounds really really cool to be able to go out there and, and go do that. So I'm pretty excited. So you've been pretty active too, like you've been fighting a ton. Uh yeah, like I said, um, I was like I said, I was mismanaged for the first six seven years of my career. And uh, when I, it was like, for example, last year, um, I fought three times. I fought at BC Provincials, BC Golden Gloves, 
And then um, one fight that was set up, because for a while, like, long story short, um, you got to be registered under a gym in Boxing BC, and there was no gyms in Victoria. So I was registered out of Souk Boxing, which is a 45-minute drive. And so when, when that coach went to bat for me, um, <clears throat> my current coach was saying, um, like, oh, there's no fights, there's no fights, there's no fights. Then the Souk coach sets up this one, and then come January – um, like, it's like, she's basically like, she just told me, she's like, if you switch over to me, I will find you fights. And nationals was what in April. So in four months, I had three fights last year in four months, I had like eight or nine fights <laughs> and we just traveled and went everywhere. She just never put the phone down. She kept calling people until they found me a fight, kept calling people. We went to Oregon. We went to Seattle. We went, uh, we went all the, we went to Alberta. We went literally wherever anybody would take us. And we like, I mean, we're doing bottle drives every other week or fundraising, whatever we can do, taking donations. But it was just like that. And that's what I needed was I needed a coach who genuinely wanted to see me succeed and like wanted to get me to the next level. And then I, and then I, met, I, mean, I started training full time with Braidwood December 14th. And that was another huge push. Right. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, I think I've had like 10 fights this year already. Yeah. Or, you were and that's just, with like a three month layoff since nationals. Yeah. You were just in uh, Gannon Aquay. Yeah. Nailed it. I got in a lot. <laughs> I kept saying Gananok, but yeah, I guess it's Gananok way. Uh, Although they kept saying Sookie when it's called Sook, so I don't know how that didn't go both ways. Well, it happens when you say stuff about other communities, they get upset. We found that out on the Spice Life podcast <laughs> as of late. So. <laughs> this is the truth. It is what it is. So tell me about your experience with uh, Braidwood so far. Braidwood and I have done rounds. He's a lot bigger than me, but... Uh, yep. It was a lot of fun, actually, doing rounds with him. He doesn't try to kill you, which which is nice. Yeah, uh, Braidwood does the thing. Is like he's been an athletic competitor his whole life. So, like, I mean, he understands how. Like, he, he was a CFL number one draft pick. He was on his way to the NFL. Like, I mean, his level of his athleticism is. He's one of the few, probably two or three people I've met in my entire life that is just plain simply a better athlete than me. Yeah. and it's. And yeah, when he's in the gym, so I mean, like he's coming from a football, from a football standpoint, he's used to repping out, you know, two or three plays for four hours straight. He's used to like control. He's used to those levels of like, you know, of like practice, like some days are light practices, some days, you know, the quarterback has the red shirt on, he can't even touch him. So he's an intelligent guy. And like you said, when you get in there, he can destroy you very yes. easily. But he's very technical and very cognizant of his power, and he's, he's he's actually really incredible to work with, especially for guys that are lower weight than him, because he's always working on something specific, and he'll work with you. Like he'll let you hit him to like for, to keep like the back, back and forth going, and he's not just going to go in there and with big ego and beat the crap out of you, right? So, I've I've really benefited from his training, uh, from training with him. Um, for me personally, the biggest thing was like you're saying, because he's so much bigger than me. Even though he is pulling his power and everything like that, it's so terrifying to get hit by him or see him when he's coming forward that like when i went to the nationals i was i was afraid of anybody like whenever i got hit by them all i could think was oh my god you don't you're not braidwood yeah like but i mean in terms of like training with them i've got nothing but good things to say from i mean we hold pads for each other two three times a week we're hitting the bag together and stuff like that and we usually spar about once a week and i mean it's it's getting a little harder now as he's getting a lot better. He's working with that Rich Lestage up island, and that dude's really getting him dialed in. He's getting really good at throwing body shots and, like, cutting off the ring and, like, a lot of things. Like, I'm more of, a, like, an outside, like, Muhammad Ali style. Like, I like to stick and move. And when I first started, 
Uh, like the first time me and Braidwood ever sparred, granted, he was like totally out of shape. I think it was 310 pounds or whatever like that. This is ages ago. But like he never laid a hand on me. And now I would say even up until about last year, he was struggling to land punches on me. And then all of a sudden, like he's just he's really put it together, like the understanding, the science side of it. And it's like even when we're going 50, 60 percent, like I'm I'm moving and I'm doing everything I can because if I'm not, then he's then I'm basically just fighting his fight because he's getting more intelligent in there and he's like and I'm just he like he's working with me, but we're working his game plan unless I really like maybe not throw hard, but I have to put it I have to work at a really high level with lots of footwork and lots of feints or else like he just imposes his will on you and he's only getting better at it. I'm a lot shorter than both of you guys. I'm six feet tall, so you'd be three inches taller than me and Braidwood's five inches taller than me. Yeah. But uh, when I was up there, we were relatively the same size. Like, I was 240, he was 255. So it yeah. was a fairly, fairly good matchup size-wise, but I just never took any back steps. I stood, I just stayed in his face. Really? You didn't take back steps against Braidwood? I got to say, that's that's pretty impressive. Ask him about it. I never took one back I, step. I, you better believe I'm going to. It's, it's actually true because they talked about it, and Braidwood's like, yeah, fuck, never even thought. I see this guy, and I'm hitting him, and he's not going anywhere. I'm like, who is this fucking guy standing here like that? <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, I take nothing but back steps against Braidwood. Like, I might hit a double jab cross, and one time he might take a step, but after that, I'm going backwards again. Well, Luke and I have sparred a lot, and I don't like to go back. Yeah, it's not, okay. It's not my thing. If if I Because, like... With Braidwood, he's so much longer than me that if I'm inside on him, I know he can't hit me as hard as he can. Fair enough. Yeah, totally. So I'm jamming his punches, and then I, I can I can go to work on the inside. I would do the same thing to you because you'd be longer than me. I yeah. would try at least. That's what you do against guys that are longer than you, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you box them. I'm a, I'm a pocket fighter, whereas you guys, if you're going to fight a guy that's shorter than you, it's just smart to stay on the outside. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. But uh, for you to team up with Braidwood is a, is a fantastic move for both of you because yeah. Adam's not coming from an amateur background in boxing either, where I feel that amateur boxing and pro boxing are two different sports. Oh, completely. Not even comparable. But it's really no. neat where you can put those two styles together and make one style, which uh, would benefit both of you guys in either sport. Yeah. So and that's the thing is I, it works for both of us because, like, you know, yeah, they're two different sports, but – aspect like a lot of pro things transition really well to amateur and some amateur things do transition well to pro you just got to understand the difference about what does and doesn't work yes totally but uh, uh so where are you spending most of your time then i know you're up at zuma i know you're over at pookie's gym doing strength and conditioning or whatever the fuck you're doing over there and then <laughs> you're out at uh or watching him bench press <laughs> he always watching him bench press that's all pookie does is bench press and his buddy graham does bicep curls so you- he does not do any calf exercises, though. I did notice that he's got some skinny ass legs. Oh yeah, like well, I mean, yeah. Dave's Dave Dave's all upper body. He's built like a triangle. Yeah. Uh, so are you out at the suit boxing gym a lot, or are you able to go up to uh, Parksville with Braidwood? Uh, that's that's what I've been doing a lot of is or been trying to. Uh, it's just. Um, with like my work schedule and everything like that, I'm trying to get everything lined up for um, Montreal. Like I'm, I'm always struggling. I work, uh, I bartend in the banquet hall at uh, the Western Hotel on Bear Mountain. So I mean, my schedule gets built weekly, right? So I mean, I find out on Thursday for the next Sunday to Thursday, or Sunday to Saturday, please. Pardon me. So um, it, it's a bit of a struggle. I would say, remember 100%. I spend my most time at Zuma. 
Um, then I've been I'm trying to jump up island with uh, Braidwood up to Lestage's gym just because Lestage has so much knowledge to offer and it's it's such a great just his facility. Like I mean, he's only ever got like four or five guys in there, but they're just working and it's infectious. Like you just don't stop training for two hours because there's just everybody around you's working so hard. You kind of feel like a bitch if you just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take a round off, and it's like, oh, I'm just the one guy sitting in the gym while these guys are killing it, right? Yeah. Um, and then one day a week I go out to Souk uh, with Ellen Connor because that was the gym I was registered under. Um, and like Ellen's done so much for me and like given like helped me out with so many things that I go out once a week just because she's got more of like a com- she does she like the boxing gym is not for profit so it's more community based and like uh, she's got more of like a really strong kids and like women's program just not a whole lot of fighters right but it's especially after winning the championship it was like her gym's only a year old so it was, it's really big for her to, for me to come out once a week and everybody just sees the Canadian champ right and after everything she's done for me like setting up ten fights in less than three months like I have no problem going out once a week. So that's cool, man. She's been my direct liaison with uh, Team Canada. Like, I mean, ninety oh. percent of the stuff from Team Canada goes to her because that's just how stuff works in the chain, right? So, so she'll definitely still be my coach, and I'll be in contact when I move to uh, Montreal. But cool. it's, it's Zuma, Zuma on the stage for me, pretty much. And then what Pookie is just a uh, Braidwood never wants to train during the day, so I just go and train at Pookie's. We smash the heavy bag and aerodyne it up. Huh. He's a beauty. <laughs> uh, he's a Dave good guy. Is the damn- of the hockey player beauty like you know yeah. you just gotta leave it at that uh dave's good for stuff like that though too right he knows what he's doing like he's not uh i wouldn't necessarily go to him for like technical boxing skills or anything like that but uh when it comes down to like strength and conditioning or getting yourself into a cardiovascular shape he knows exactly what he's doing oh yeah he's put he's put the work in for a long time he knows his stuff 100 yeah. percent um, so when you're at Zuma, who are you going with mostly? Is it mostly Braidwood or do you branch off and go with Joyson or Ryan Janes or any of those guys? Uh, mostly work just with Braidwood. I mean, uh, yeah, like I, the odd, I'll get the odd round here with Joyson and uh, Ryan Janes. Um, it's just those guys, like, I mean, they're pretty active, right? And they don't really want to do ball. They want to do kickboxing rounds of anything, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I work with them when, whenever they're willing to or, you know, because, you know, you switch a partner every round and everything like that, right? So whenever there's an opportunity, I like to. But, yeah, mostly it's with Braidwood. Um, but it is nice to have those other two guys there because just three different styles. All of them are, like, big dudes. And, I mean, Joinson, I think he's, like, he's in the UFC now or one fight away from the UFC. I mean, James is in the UFC. I mean, yeah, they're MMA fighters. But those guys – have a respectable amount of uh, like stand up and oh. Jane's <laughs> is tough. To... <laughs> yeah, both those boys are tough kids. He was cool. he was uh, he was my guy for five years, day in and day out. Uh, Brian James was the guy that beat the shit out of me every day. So, <laughs> oh, first time I went to Zuma, I was I'd been the BC heavyweight champ. I was the BC cruiserweight champ and the BC heavyweight champ at the time. And I walked into Zuma just all cocky as shit and. Uh, They'd let me go for two rounds, and then on the third round, we we're doing fives, right? But we, in the third round, I went with James, and it was the last one of the day, and he beat the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> just, like, the whole time, I like, because if you've been to Zuma, you know that the, in the main room, they've got mats on the walls for MMA, and I don't think my foot or back came off that wall for five minutes. Like, he didn't even, he didn't even have to reach into his bag of tricks and, like, box me. He just beat me on pure cardio and beat the snot out of me and it was like that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was incredibly humbling and i like i learned a lot of i learned a lot and then i ended up that was one of the biggest reasons why i ended up at zuma was because i realized that like there was a difference like like i said dude didn't even have to use boxing he beat me on pure cardio and beat the hell out of me he don't stop oh no and it's and it's like 
oh no, he doesn't. And it's just, and he just stays on you, stays on you, stays on you, stays on you. Bop, 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 bop. It's not like it's fast either. Like you, you see it coming, but the timing is so weird that you don't know what to do. Yeah, like doesn't like whenever I spar, spar Ryan, I always feel like I see all these openings and I see these holes and I should be able to hit them, but it's like I'm always getting punched in the face first, or like he's always just a little bit off the angle and everything. And it's like I'm pretty, I'm really impressed with Ryan Jane's stand up as a as a kickboxer and like just and his ability, like as we saw in his last fight, his ability to stick to a game plan yes. and uh, just hammer it out for three rounds and really like exploit guys. Right? He won that fight, by the way. Everybody, just saying. Everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. Everybody knows that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Ryan, he's uh, he's got a real weird timing set on him. I've tried to time him, like for five years. I tried to time him, and it doesn't. It just doesn't work. No. <laughs> it's basically but chuck it and fuck do. it with that guy. Yeah. Just come exactly right. You just come. Just come in in good shape, and just be ready to eat some stuff. Like you'll compete with them, but you just kind of. <laughs> Gotta accept it. Exactly. Oh, is that where you get it from then, Tanner? You you dick. Every time you're sparring the guy, it's like, oh, he's got his face there. I'm just gonna hit it and then fucking crack. I'm like, okay, that didn't work. I'm gonna do this. Nope, that didn't work. Oh man. That's uh, the hard part when I'm when I box with Tanner though, because it's like I wanna kick him and we're always just boxing. So oh well. Yeah, maybe by the time you turn pro, I'll turn this cruiserweight division around. You might make some money. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm down. We, we've got it. a we've got a cruiserweight champion here in Canada who's got a losing record. Uh, Gary Copas, he's the Canadian cruiserweight champion. Fantastic guy, and he he's actually taken a lot of tough fights. So like yeah. his record is very deceiving. But it would be nice to see those those top ten in Canada have uh, have some winning records. Yeah. Canadian boxing seems a little weak right now, but I think I think it's I think it's due for a comeback. Like you said, like we got good guys. Like I mean, you build the cruiserweight, Brave Little build the heavyweight. I mean, I think it, I think it's kind of due for. We'll see what this Mayweather McGregor fight does, but I think it's going to bring a lot of people back to appreciating boxing again. Well, let's get your thoughts on the McGregor Mayweather fight because uh, I feel like you might have an interesting outlook on it as opposed to most of the other uh, horny boxing guys out there. <laughs> Um, well, right off the bat, there's two ways you gotta look. So who's gonna win this fight? Well, there's two way, two winners in this fight. There's the guy who's gonna win in the ring and the guy who's gonna win in life. Conor McGregor's winning in life because no matter what happens here, the dude quadruples his net worth, is set for life. Like, will walk back to the UFC and never get paid less than like thirty million dollars a fight ever again. But is he gonna beat Floyd? It no, he's he's not. Like Floyd's gonna do whatever he wants with them. But at the end of the day, as much as I say that Conor McGregor doesn't have a chance, he has he has a negative chance, so much less than a negative chance of winning this fight. If there was a single person on this planet who could beat Floyd Mayweather, who could actually take him down, it would be Conor McGregor. And I believe that for one reason and one reason only. And that is Conor McGregor, honest to God, believes that he's going to smash Floyd. And I mean, as you guys with fighters, you know, that shit matters. In like rounds four, five, six, when that cardio starts to go and you start getting hit... I mean, that unfathomable belief in yourself and that you're going to come out the victor, should lightning strike, the, I'd like, I mean, it's, I don't believe he has a chance, but if there was a single person on this planet who could pull it off, it would be McGregor. And I mean, as you guys also know, like when I'm, when I'm sparring, I find it far easier to work with a high-level opponent 
than a beginner, right? Because at a high level point, you know what they should be doing, how they're probably going to react to this, and you work with that. Beginners are just all sixes and sevens, just out to lunch. You have no idea what's coming, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that Conor McGregor, because he has more of that MMA style, he doesn't have that nice tight boxing and that nice. I think it will, and with the, and and then compound that with the southpaw stance. If Conor can can catch him in the first three to four, he can do it. Yeah. But if it goes if it goes more than four, I mean Floyd's gotcha. He's got you figured out. Like he's. I don't know. He's the single best boxer of all time. Like in no other sport, even triathlons, you would never expect the gold medalist try the best triathlete on the planet would never beat the best swimmer in a swimming competition. Would never beat the best runner on the planet in running or whatever. Let alone not just the best on the planet, but best of all time. And this isn't three sports. This is five sports. Well, but that, all that said, Conor McGregor's the winner. Like, Conor McGregor is laughing at everybody because it does not matter. No, the fight literally doesn't matter at the end of the day. But here's the the difference between when people are comparing this to fencing or badminton or tennis. This is a game of throwing bones at other people's faces. Where if I smash a tennis ball over on the other side and I get an ace, there's so fucking what? But if I smash my fist into your face and I knock you unconscious, that means I win. Yeah. So there's there's a very di- – you, you can't compare this to any other sport. Um, I feel that Conor McGregor ha- – I think it's a pick em fight because there, there is the mental aspect of it, which Conor wins. There is mm-hmm. the will and determination aspect, which Conor wins. There's the youth. Conor wins that. There's the size and reach. Conor wins that. There is the – the inability to know what he's going to throw. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to come from a weird, messed up angle. I mean, I saw that, a meme tonight that was comparing him to Lomachenko. Lomachenko threw a jab and it was right, his other hand was right here. Yep. They flipped over Conor McGregor and he's out like this, right, yep. with that counterbalance hand. And it's like, as much as that might be a weakness, like it might work in his favor. Well, there, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's the other aspect to where like, this is a $100 million fight. Did you did you see the meme? Did you see the meme where it's like why Connor will win and it showed a boxing ring and it's like and it said Floyd's previous opponents attacked him from four sides and Connor's gonna attack him from eight sides. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's I, I like your analogy though, Brian, about about a lot of that stuff that, you know, like it's it's just with with uh with life, right? And with winning and all that stuff. I mean, that's something that no, the best in any sport and anywhere in life, even business, right, is, is those people that are there at the highest level of their their genre, whatever it is that they're doing, they believe in themselves. That's the biggest thing is that, is that they have an unwavering belief in themselves. Even when they're down and out, they still believe that they're going to be the best that they're ever going to be, right? And, and you never see him down. I mean, when he lost to Diaz and he got choked out, his interview after that, like when they were following him through the the uh, the hotel and he was talking, I was like, man, that's a guy that's got his head screwed on, right? That's that's championship talk right there. Like, you know what I mean? He didn't say no to it. He did it. He, you know, so what? He tapped. I mean, you know, like it's it it is what it is. It, and and um, yeah, I don't know. That right there was. I always liked him. I liked his brash attitude and and the way he talked. But when I when I listened to him talk that time after that loss, I was like, yeah. That's different. That's totally different than anybody else that I've seen, um, you know, be winning and losing, you know, all of them. GSP always says, well, I got to go back to the drawing board and and get better. And, you know, it wasn't my day. And 
I had an injury or whatever. It was like there was nothing like that out of his mouth. Oh, that was so cool. And and ever since then, you've seen nothing but huge improvements. Granted, it was always in MMA. Um, mm. But, yeah, now it's like let's see. You know, I mean, it's it's cool. And it's like Dana White said, right, nobody else would have sold that fight. You know, Connor did an interview a while just not that long ago where he said, I've been doing um, content, social media content, putting it out there for months and months and months before we even went public with this i was setting the groundwork and the foundation for this fight and and um and he was and it finally took traction and now he's getting the biggest payday of any mma fighter ever oh i wouldn't know like as much as like we all know floyd started the rumors and like floyd was the one who floated this conor mcgregor made this fight happen like, because mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying, he never let that go. From the second he found out that Floyd talks, Matt, he, he, it was a dog with a bone. And I mean, so Floyd can say, oh, I'm A side. I set this up. I made this. Head. No, he, I love Floyd. He's my favorite boxer. I think he's, he's the best ever. He's not the greatest. He's the best. But you didn't make this fight happen. Conor McGregor made this fight happen. There's nobody else on the planet that Floyd could. There's literally nobody else on the planet that Floyd could do this fight with other than Conor McGregor. There's, what, yeah, well, there, there's no reason. Like we all know that when he retired at 49 and 0, that he was coming back for number 50. We're not, we're not stupid, Floyd. We all knew, but that's the thing. But he, he needed, he needed a name in boxing or MMA. And I mean, Connor came along and Connor made it happen. Um, <laughs> I don't think that Floyd could knock Connor out. Uh, do I believe that Connor McGregor can knock Floyd Mayweather out? Yes. Um, if the like Floyd will, will win this fight in a decision, but at the end of the day, that's not a win for Floyd. He needs to finish Connor. That's the thing. Like boxing's reputation is like he needs to stop him somehow, whether with a cut or with some sort of like um, something with the referee giving him a TKO because he like he overwhelms Connor with a ten punch combo or something like that. If he lets this go to decision, I think that's to a certain extent worse than losing because I mean all the fans who all the fans who are on Connor's side all they're going to say is the same shit that everybody attacks Floyd with he runs he's a point fighter like he's not he's not beating these guys he's doing enough to win and like I think there's a big distinction between beating someone and doing enough to win exactly and we all want to see for better or worse I want to see Connor or Floyd beat the other not yeah. I don't want that man that that Pacquiao Floyd fight like that was just such a letdown like and bo- I don't think boxing can afford another fight like that. Well, they can't. But he- realistically, here's your TSN headlines. It's either Conor McGregor knocks out Floyd Mayweather in the first, second, or third round, or Conor McGregor goes the distance with Floyd Mayweather. Those are your headlines. And yep. it- if Floyd does win that fight in a decision, it's not going to be Floyd Mayweather beats Conor McGregor in a decision. It's Conor McGregor goes the distance with Floyd Mayweather, the best ever. That's yeah. what it'll like, be. Exactly. I never even thought of it that way, but you hit the nail on the head. Like, that's that's it. If he doesn't know, that's it. You, and, you hung in there with the best ever. And and Connor goes down as the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Yep. He crossed over yeah, well, to... Because any, any... Sorry, I was just saying, anybody also, that... Any, any, any... Like, these boxing guys, right? Like, and I say boxers, like, he doesn't stand a chance. If he goes the distance it, it it is a win and it's like so so the best boxers in the world that floyd has fought went the distance with him and and he and he clowned them or whatever but these are guys with like 200 boxing fights 
And now you take this guy that you gave no chance, and he goes, even if he gets ragdolled and beat up for 12 rounds and his face is a pulp and he's still standing there, it's like he's never done that sport before, and he proved that he could stand in there with the quote-unquote best in the world. That's a win. What does he do next? He goes and he hits up the NFL and says, hey, I want to play this season because I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Goes to the MLB and says, hey, Yankees, put me in shortstop for 10 games. Like, you know, pay me $20 million. Like, yeah, if he, like if he goes the distance, he gets to go. He like yeah, sport he's never done, and uh. well, and the craziest thing is if he does win, right, and he does knock him out, hits him with a punt. There's gonna be boxing guys lining up out the door to fight him, and he's gonna get paid bank every you know, single time. You know time. who the next guy is that'll call him out? Will be Paulie Mal- Malinaji. Of course it will. Like there, there's no other, there's no other choice. Like yeah. obviously, the talk about this fight has been beat to death. So let's talk about another fight, which is going to be the Triple G Canelo fight. Oh, that is the fight that I, you know, in terms of like what I want to see. I truly believe um, with that fight, we finally get to know, we finally have a pound for pound. The winner of that fight is the pound for pound, in my opinion. I think right now Triple G is the pound for pound best fighter on the planet. Uh, everybody's saying Lomachenko is. I'm not a giant Lomachenko fan. And he, he, you know, you got you can't just like this thing. He's he's doing Lomachenko's doing incredible things, but I mean, you got to do incredible things uh, like for a long time. Like he's had what 12, 13 fights. Like until you get up around the 30, 40 mark, and you've beaten like you've cleared out entire divisions multiple times. Then it's like, then yeah, you're the best on the planet. Do I believe that one day Lomachenko will be the pound for pound? Yeah. But is he yet? No, he's not seasoned enough. He hasn't earned. You got to earn that, man. You can't just always get thirteen fights pound for pound. No, wait, man. You're not even on the top ten yet. You got to be seasoned. You got to go out there. You got to. You got to earn your stripes. Like this is boxing. This isn't any other sport. You got to take it from people. You know. Well, it's not fucking badminton. We're not playing water polo. But yeah, uh, like, who do you think wins that fight? I got Triple G. Ooh, I got Canelo. Ooh, Ooh. this could be a good bet. Yeah, Yeah. I'm down. The brain versus the bad guy. Yeah, Yeah, I just, I just, um, if for no, but I just, I think that um, Canelo's youth is going to play play a big factor in it. And I just, I absolutely love the way that Canelo stays in the pocket and goes to the body. And the way that he, uh, when he stands in there, like he'll he'll block the first two, and then on that second punch, come that's when he starts countering. And I think that if he can handle Triple G's power, which, like, who can? But, I mean, in those first couple rounds when when Triple G really goes for that one and if he's able to take that one and fire back and get in Triple G's head a little bit, then it's, the fight's over But the, from there. But uh, I just love the way that Canelo goes to the body. I think he's got – like, he was fed to Floyd Mayweather too young, right? Yes. And also, and also, Canelo needs this fight. I mean, like in the sense that it's like if he loses this fight, yeah, he's only got two losses on his record. But I mean, who else is there for him to fight right now? And you lost to Floyd and Triple G, and it's like you've lost against two of the top, like top three pound for pound guys. Like, I feel like that affects your. You start slipping at that point because yeah. you come up, you couldn't. So we gotta knock, we gotta knock you back down because you can't obviously beat these top three, four guys. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think uh, I think. Then again, I don't know shit about boxing, so. <laughs> I think if uh, if if Canelo plays that pocket game within the first six rounds with Triple G, he's in trouble. Triple G's power is undeniable. He he hits ridiculously hard, 
But I don't think Canelo can match him power for power. But if I think he can stay away from that for the first six rounds, he's got a chance. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just it's it's finally for the first time in what five to eight years, the boxing fans are finally getting the fights we want to see. Because like that's when when boxing was in its glory days, guys didn't give a shit about their records. No, it was just about fighting the baddest dudes on the planet and proving like. Like Hagler Hearns and like, 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 you know, all those guys back then, like, I mean, those were just wars where they genuinely didn't, they went in there to hurt, not to fight to win or to protect a record. They went in there to kill each other. And like Tyson, when he went in, like, it was like, you, and like, that's what boxing's missing right now is everybody's worried about the record and about the smart, safe fights and the like, these well-managed careers when it's like the boxing fans, we want to see the fights we want to see. So give us the fights we want to see. And this is what we want to see. Uh, it's 100% the best fight they can make at the time. Uh, the only problem with putting that fight on, it's fairly close to the McGregor Mayweather card. It's going to get overshadowed. 100%. Depending on the, uh, the outcome of the McGregor Mayweather card. Yeah. Uh, there's another interesting fight that's going to involve a fellow Canadian. It's Ryan Ford versus Anthony Yard. Yeah, I just I just saw that yesterday. Um, popped up on my feed. Yeah, because Ford was saying there for a bit that he had a big announcement coming up and he was kind of sitting on it. So that's a huge opportunity for him. I mean, that's oh. Do you know think, Anthony Yard much? Uh, would not. I honestly didn't even know his name until we started talking about it at Zuma last night, and then I did a little bit of research on him. So yeah, he's twelve and zero with eleven KOs, and he's fought some. He's fought some some real tough dudes for only having twelve fights. This is yeah. a real fight. Like, oh yeah, this is like he's the real deal, and we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out about the real deal, Ryan Ford, because this is this this catapults his career if he wins. Totally. It. Yep. Well, this is a legit world class fight. Like Anthony Yard is, in lack of a better word, he's a motherfucker. He hits hard. He's a big dude, and he's cutting some weight to hit that mark. So I think I think it's I think it's it's a good opportunity for Canadian boxing, especially. When uh, if Ryan, if Ryan, this is gonna be a tough fight for Ryan, and I got, I think, I think he's, I think he's ready, and I think he's in a, it's a good time for him. And um, if he pu- if he pulls this off, it's gonna be a tough fight. But if he does, I think it does crazy good things for the Canadian boxing scene and legitimizes us a lot. Mm-hmm. Then we legit have a, a somebody with a belt that's a legit belt too. Like these UBO and WBU belts, they're fun to have. But- I consider those. Like- Tier three belts, whereas like the when the IBF and the IBOs and th- those become your tier twos, and then yeah, the WBOs, the WBCs, and the, those are tier one. Like those are the ones that you want to go for. And this is a WBO fight. Like it's ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. It's on one of the biggest promotions on the planet. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just it's nuts. It's 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 like I'm he did a good job sitting on it because I definitely did not see that coming. I mean. Well, that bare-knuckle boxing fight put a fucking monkey wrench into everything. I was a little worried about that fight because that, that's a different game. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, it's, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really, personally, I didn't think it was a good idea for his career in the long run. But, I mean, it's his career. He's going to do whatever he wants anyway. But, I mean, I don't know if it was that fight that got him on the radar or whatever. But, I mean, go make your money, boo-boo. And, I mean, come back and win us a W. Is that bare-knuckle boxing? Is that still happening or did that get kiboshed for the W no, fight? No, it's off. Yeah, it's oh, okay. 100% off. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. That's awesome, Ryan. Go win a WBO title. Don't <laughs> don't bear the box. You're better mm-hmm. than that, Ryan. Don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, at the end of the day, how can you turn that down? You can't. 
you you back out of the bare knuckle boxing fight that was going to pay you good and then you go over and you win this belt that's going to pay you good too it's a good payday yeah and in terms of long term it, it like it moves you towards better paydays whereas the bkb fight like yeah you win it you get a nice paycheck but is there anything after that like does that lead you to something more no the wbo title does though punching more teeth in the in the with your bare hands that's what that leads to if you win that fight <laughs> yeah nobody wants that no well who wants to break their fist on somebody's face the the guy he's fighting was legit like jimmy sweeney he's a two weight class champion and he's been doing it since he was five years old that he knows the game like yeah maybe he did get knocked down by Mel- melvin gillard but he got up and he won the next four rounds <laughs> totally <laughs> So, oh, it's like you, you, yeah, you're right. You know, like it's craziness. So, where are you right now? Are you at home? Uh, I'm actually not at home. I'm at my strength and conditioning coach's house. Um, I'm staying here for the month until I move to Montreal. Uh, okay. Justin Mans. So he has built a brand new. We're in Victoria here. He just built a brand new, uh, freaking eight hundred thousand dollar house. It's got a gym in it. It's got this sick patio out there. Nice. Right down in, uh, yeah, so just hanging out here. We just finished a workout actually earlier today. It's kind of why I was sitting down because I um, can't really move my legs anymore. <laughs> Justin's really good. Oh, here he comes. Finally decided to come down and grace us with his presence. So for all you budding amateur athletes out there in BC, this man's name is Justin Mans. There he is. I was like, leg day was so leg day was so hard. He's on fucking crutches. What? <laughs> no, he, uh. <laughs> He tried oh my out God. For, uh, He went for the CFL this year, uh-huh. and um, when he was in tryouts, or pardon me, when he came back, he uh, was playing flag football and friggin' pulled his Achilles. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, so it was like so leg a leg, 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 leg All it's done is make him ornery. So it's, <laughs> it's all it's done is made me made my sessions worse. But I mean, and I guess that's for the best in the long run. So yeah. you're staying there for the month. Yeah. So sorry for the shameless plug on your podcast. That's there, all right. Guys. So where did you live before then? Are you from the island? Uh, no, I was actually, um, technically I was born in Prince Rupert, but I mean, I was born and raised in, I consider myself born and raised in uh, Fort St. John in Dawson Creek up in Northern BC. Uh, stayed there till I graduated. And uh, when I graduated, my mom's was basically like, so where do you want to go to school? And I like, I played, oh fuck, Braidwood's going to murder me for this. Oh my God, I can't believe I say this. So my whole childhood, I played high level soccer. And so when I graduated, I was going to go to U of A and try out for the soccer team and like do that route. Right. And mom's was basically like, well, like I just got a job transfer. If you come to UVic, um, you can do the same soccer thing. Plus you can live at home and make it like save a shit ton of money. So came down here and been on the Island ever since. And when my, when my career in Montreal is done, I'll be coming back here. The Island is beautiful. You fucking kidding me, Brian, right now? Soccer. Yeah, I told like, did you not see me? I, I know. I'm like, I know. You know, they didn't have boxing in Fort St. John, right? Or yeah, they had they had a pussy sport called soccer where you guys take dives and shit. Yup, but just Ryan, to paint a Ryan, little bit of a, when I moved to Uvi, when I moved to Victoria, um, playing soccer, get it? Um, basically, they told me I had to be in better shape. So I went from like 15 years of playing soccer my whole life. To I walked into Island MMA under Jason Height at boxing class my first day, and I canceled my tryout at UVic the next day. Like I was, I was done with soccer. That was a great decision. Yeah, yeah the best decision I ever made because fuck soccer. But I didn't, guys. It wasn't my fault. Is all I'm trying to say. 
It's I, I'm. It's okay, man. It's no big deal. I just you can punch Tanner in the face for making fun of you now. I'm good with that. Uh, I know you are. I'm I'm 100% good with that. Mm. So, mm. well, there there is one badass soccer of all time, uh, soccer player of all time. His name is Vinny Jones. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up my phone and figure out who this Vinny Jones guy is. Shut the fuck up! You don't know who Vinny Jones is? He's a movie star now. Okay, well that's the thing. I, I jumped to that conclusion, but I was like, eh, okay. type in Vinny Jones soccer, and you'll see him making like the meanest face of all time, just wrenching on a guy's nuts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was his. That was his move in soccer. He would just grab you by the nuts. He was a goon. That's when. Right, right. That's when soccer was for tough guys. I guess I don't know, but I, I will say that in the UK, soccer they do have a lot of riots. I think like the, the fans are way scarier. Yeah, than yeah, the fan, the fans yeah, fans are hands. way worse. So. so oh yeah, there it is, black and white. The oh dude, that looks like it hurts. Yeah, look at his he face. Got, and full of that guy's junk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most badass soccer player of all time. Yep. That's the only one of all time, though. Let's be real. All these guys now, they people like pretend to headbutt them and they fall down. Yeah. Well, unless you're Zinedine Zidane. I don't know if you guys remember that when he straight up headbutted that Italian player in the chest because he was like, told him he was going to fuck his mom or something like that. And the dude was about to retire. So he was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but it was right. in the chest, like realistically. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, going to deny that. Because the guy fell down from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he pretended like he'd had a heart attack. Exactly. And they came over with the magic water and the magic stretcher, and he was good to go again. Well, I tell you, that's what the rest of the sports world needs to get its hands on, is whatever's in those water bottles that those guys bring out to the soccer players. Because I tell you, that'll take MMA a lot farther. If you can come over to the corner and get magically healed in between rounds, I mean, it's only going to improve the entertainment for the fans. That's called pixie and, dust. And if you can't get the stuff is, from, get hands on it. If you can't get the soccer player stuff, get the basketball player stuff because it's just a little bit um, not as good. <laughs> well, listen, basketball and soccer are basically the same sport except just in reverse. Like one one game you're kicking the ball, the other game you're dribbling it with your hands and throwing it in a hole. Same shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck both. Well, of them. I don't know. Let's look at the size of athletes in the two sports. In soccer, you've got a bunch of five eight guys running around thinking they're tough guys. In basketball, these they're like six seven, six eight, two hundred pounds, and could at least intimidate you a little bit. Not really. They're yep. stupid. <laughs> 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 so what do you got coming up then? Do you have any matches coming up here in the near future or are you taking a little little break? Uh, I Well, that's the thing. Being on Team Canada, I belong 100% to them, so it's kind of what they set up for me. They haven't been super clear about what's coming up next. Uh, Ellen, my coach, said she heard some whispers about uh, supposedly, te- I think Team uh, Mexico, I'm sure, I think it's Mexico comes to Winnipeg at the start of September and we do a tournament with them. And then the other thing you heard is we're supposed to go to Ireland at the end of September for a tournament. But, I mean, that hasn't been confirmed at all. I haven't gotten any emails. I have no idea what's going on. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting for my shot. I would guess that they would want to get you in the facility for a little while first to assess, right? Well, yeah. And also we've got a – with the brand-new cycle, we've got a brand-new coach who hasn't 
worked with any of the athletes yet. It's oh. not like he's coming from the past couple of years. It's a brand spanking new coach. So yeah, I don't know how quickly. And when I went for my uh, athletic testing, I did my interview with them. They were very clear that um, the purpose of the program is to is is medals on is in the Olympic stage. So that's how they're going to progress me. It's not it's not about Commonwealth tournaments. It's not about this. It's about that. At the end of the day, it's about putting you know points on the board or you know medals on the board, right? So they were like, you're going to go through periods of inactivity. You're going to go through periods where you feel like you should. For example, uh, the Continental Games happened this year, and um, I didn't get the nod for that. Uh, what was it? Um, Argentina was it Argentina or no Cuba? Right after nationals, Team Cuba came to Winnipeg and did a tournament. I didn't get the nod for that either. Like a few things like that, and they were very clear. They were like, "Don't take it to heart." It doesn't mean you're not ready. It doesn't mean this. It means we're managing your career on a four-year timeline to get that gold to podium, right? So their so goal, no for, their goal for you then is the Olympics. Oh yeah. How many other heavyweights are on the roster there then? Uh, I don't believe there's another like uh, mem- another heavyweight on the team. I think at 142 and 164 they have two athletes, but uh, to my knowledge, anyway, I am the only heavyweight. Uh, the the silver uh, Carl Bellalo or whatever his name is from Quebec. I haven't seen his name on anything oh. um, in terms of like any of the communication. Or I mean, if you look on Boxing Canada, he's not listed on there. But it just has my name under the 91 kilogram slot. So. I don't think there's a. I don't know if there's. I don't think there's a B team or another heavyweight on the team. That's interesting. So you're you're Canada's only hope. Yeah. Sounds like I a superhero so. movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's a good time to be in. You know, brand new cycle, brand new program, brand new coach. That sounds like Sweet. a fun time. Now, Brian, you've been following us on the Instagrams here for a little while. We've messaged back and forth a little bit. Uh, you did give us a nice shout out that say that we all we only just try to help. I literally just try to fuck with people. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, it is uh, it is all in the the good sport of promoting combat sports. So I appreciate you shouting us out like that. That was cool. Oh yeah, like yeah. it's it's, it's going to be a weekly tune in for me now, one hundred percent. I like like I said that one line about you like to play with your you like to play with concrete in your dick or something like that. I mean, I was driving at the time. I nearly went off the road. Oh, I was, I was good. And you're talking about like, oh, I wasn't even that funny. Like I had this other show where I was dropping pure gold and I'm like, man, I got to find that show. That's the one I want to listen to. There's a lot of good <laughs> ones, man. What? Yeah. This episode will be number 84. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So uh, pretty much any of the ones with Braidwood on there. Uh, I can't, but Justin Schmidt one, you'd probably find funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That was funny. That Justin Schmidt one. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a long flight to Montreal, so I'll throw them all on the iPad and listen to there. So when are you, you departing go. from Victoria then for Montreal? So Sunday, August 20th, I fly out of Victoria at 11.30 p.m. I take the red eye overnight to Montreal. I think I get there at 7.30 in the morning on the 21st. And then August, so I've got a full day to like kind of find out where I'm living and get there and everything. And then August, the, the Tuesday, August 22nd, I have to report to the NTC, the National Training Center, which is the INS, at, I think it's 8 or 9 a.m. I don't know. I've got to read my emails. I actually have to go and do that. <laughs> so are you going to be having any bottle drives or uh, craft sales, bake sales, or any kind of fundraising for this thing? Yeah, I got, um, so on um, August 13th, this Sunday, at the, uh, at the Fitness Academy, so that Dave Pookie and Graham Spencer's gym, we're doing a bottle drive there. And then um, also started to go fund me. Um, like I said, I only got three weeks because, uh, like I said, um, 
So there's 14 males on the team. Only seven of us received carded uh, carded athlete status. Um, That was back in April. I was told that I was number eight on the list, so I didn't receive it. Um, Like I said, oh, I don't know who said this. Anyways, with the carded program this year, um, the number one thing is it is centralization. To get that $1,100 a month, you have to be in Montreal at the facility. So three different male athletes said no to that. They weren't going to leave their coaches. They weren't going to leave home. So that's when I re- so I received carded athlete status after everybody else. So I was only given three weeks to uh, notice that hey, you got a report. So it didn't really give me enough time to do a proper fundraiser. So that's we just went with GoFundMe and Bottle Drive and just like so far. I mean, the actual Bottle Drive isn't even until Sunday. And I mean, people have been coming out of the woodwork. I mean, um, this one girl, Laura Black, who I haven't seen in like two years. But I apparently was her first boxing coach. I mean, she showed up to soup. She came back in to train and brought me like two big ass bags of bottles. I mean, I had people coming out of the work woodwork, especially with a couple shares, being like, "Hey, man, like I've got three bags of bottles and I don't want to deal with it. Like, come get them." So, I mean, the community support so far has been pretty incredible. I'm really thankful to the city of Victoria and everybody who's helped out so far. How is the GoFundMe going? Uh, I think I'm up to seven hundred bucks. Okay. I just well- look- yeah. Normally, we will jump all over an athlete that would start a GoFundMe for something because a lot of these professional MMA athletes, they start these fucking GoFundMes for these retarded things, and then they don't actually go and do them. So this GoFundMe I can get behind. Uh, it's for an amateur athlete that doesn't make any money when he fights. So uh, if you want to send me that GoFundMe link, I'll 100% tag it to the episode. Uh, guys, get out there and support our Canadian athletes. Uh, Brian yeah. Caldwell is our Canadian amateur champion and uh, a hopeful Olympian at some point in 2020, I believe, in Tokyo. So uh, yeah. this GoFundMe we will get behind because I can support Yeah, I would it. agree. This is this, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this Honestly, different than I want to go. I didn't even want to do one, to be honest, for exactly what you guys are saying, right? Like, it was one of those things, like, there's a lot of people, like um, Darren, Darren Owen, uh, the guy for the World Series of Fighting. I went over to pick up bottles from him, and he was like, yeah, dude, like, I, you know, I can give you, like, $25 in bottles. He's like, but you should start a GoFundMe. He's like, I'd much rather donate $200 to you or whatever like that. Like, he's like, and there's a lot of people out there that don't have bottles. but And that's the thing is the $700 I raised is from four different people. I mean, one of them was uh, – Michael Mario, he's one of actually Pookie's friends out in um, in Calgary. And, uh, I mean, I've only met the guy two times. He was there when we went to, uh, to uh, Vegas for Pookie's bachelor party. And I think he came to the island once. But, I mean, the dude donated, like, I think it was $200 or whatever like that. And it was just saying, like, and just, like, messaging me. He was like, dude, I'm just happy to help out. Like, you're going after your dreams and everything like that. And um, I had another guy, uh, my buddy Jimmy Fan, who, again, I haven't seen in, like, 18 months. Um, he threw in 300 bucks and he's like, dude, I remember because I actually worked for Jimmy when I first started bartending. I bust for him. And he's like, dude, he's like, I can't wait to tell my kid and people one day that like I knew the Canadian champ when he was a busser. And like, you know, so <laughs> lots of like, and that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I always find it really difficult to ask for handouts. And that's what I feel like a GoFundMe is, is a handout. I like to like, at least with the bottle drive, like I'm going out and I'm collecting it. And like, I'm at least kind of earning it. But and then I had um, another couple, like a couple of like uh, the triathletes in town. And uh, actually, Laura Allen is uh, the Canadian, uh, just set the Canadian record for powerlifting. She's a female. She actually messaged me. She saw him and she was like, yo, dude, like when I had to go to nationals this year, she's like, I didn't want to do a GoFundMe either. She's like, I threw it up and I got like 850 bucks. Like it basically covered my flight. She's like, she's like, I totally get that you don't like the idea behind it or like the GoFundMe taking something for another. She's like, but you can't not. Like you have to do it because, and, I mean, she was right. So, yeah. 
Well, the one I found on GoFundMe right now was Brian Caldwell's Road to Nationals. I'm guessing that's not it. No, that was the one for that was when we were getting ready for Montreal okay. to, to actually win Nationals this year. I don't know where the other one is, but I'm sure I'll find the link on Facebook somewhere. Make sure you share it. Oh yeah, one of that's the things uh, I, I have um, pushing the bottle drive a little bit more now because I still got a week after uh, the bottle drive to uh, go to till. Uh oh. Around here, I believe it's called uh, Canada Opportunity, is what we called it because okay. it made more sense. Um, but yeah, either way, I'm gonna shoot you guys the link. Uh, anybody listening to this, whatever you don't, I'd really appreciate it. Like, it's you'll get shout outs. It'll be when I win that gold medal and look at the camera and I go like, hey, want to thank everybody from the start. You will be one of the people I'm talking to. You know. Um, we appreciate so. that, man. So we're up at the hour mark. I'm gonna give you the floor, and you can thank everybody that helps you out or sponsors or whatever you got going on. Uh, cool. Uh, first off the bat, then I got to give a shout out to my oldest sponsor, Suits You Athletics in Victoria on Fort Street. Um, I mean, when I was just a little pissant 18-year-old soccer player, they uh, still decided to sponsor me in my first fight, um, and they've taken care of my gear and apparel ever since. Um, Jamie Grimes, my physiotherapist, uh, rehab and perform. They take a lot of take care of a lot of my recovery. And uh, oh, Fit Fix Cafe. I mean, I, like, if you're on my Instagram, you see I post about them every day. Um, you got to have those them eats, right? Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody, and they're going to absolutely rip me over it. Um, Justin Manns, my strength and conditioning coach, and then all the like. I mean, I've got probably about 50 or 60 people in my life that just in tiny little ways make my life easier. For example, my boss is up at Bear Mountain. The day I got hired, they told me, as long as you only book time for boxing, like we'll give you whatever you need. So. Shout out to everybody who's helped me out. You know who you are. If you feel offended, message me. I'll give you a shout out because I've got a lot of people. But thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to Spice Life Podcast for having me. And uh, thanks, guys. I'm just going to bring home that uh, gold medal in 2020. Oh, well, thanks, thanks for, for coming, coming on, on man. Brian. And uh, make sure you stay in touch with us, and we'll try to do a show when you're in Montreal. Oh, 100%, guys. Like I'm, I'm hooked on Spice Life now. For better or worse, <laughs> you guys are stuck with me. All right. Well, we're gonna get over here, and I'm gonna go record uh, ten minutes with the boogeyman, and that, uh, and we'll we'll stay in touch with you. All right. Sounds good. Play nice with the boogeyman. Never. Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Have a good one, guys. Bye.